live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on July 24th, 2017. You know what today is. Absolutely nothing. It's probably something. I don't know. It's probably National Traffic Sign Day or something stupid like that. Look at all these wacky traffic signs. Back to 1927. If you're new to the podcast, you can follow on iTunes. I mean, why wouldn't you after that opening? iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, all that. And follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. I've been trying to tweet a little more on RedTicketBlues' uh, Twitter account. If if you uh, you know you looked at it before and said, oh, wow, this is uh, just awful, uh, it's slightly less awful now. So maybe you want to check it out. If you don't want to, I completely agree. I, I, I understand. I, I, I know some people like to keep their Twitter uh, follow accounts low. So... Just, just you know, maybe even trial basis, whatever. 30 days or your money back, all that. So, uh, not not a ton of sports to talk about. Yeah, boy, that seems to be a recurring theme on this podcast. Really didn't see that. Didn't watch that. Don't know what's going on. Um, but I really, uh, really, it's the dead of summer. I haven't seen a lot. I, 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 could, I couldn't follow sports the same way I do in the United States if I lived here. It's just, you wake up, you, if you really want to do it, you have to wake up and... You know, look at all the try to try to watch everything in the you know minute and a half recaps. I don't know how anyone does it. I'd have to ask Mike Francesa because that's how he's been getting by the last five years. But if you really want to, you have to either be there or watch the clips. That's 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 how you that's how you make it in this business. So uh, I'm slowly learning. Uh, one day I'll be sitting in that power chair and fucking WFAN. Right, right, right. No, no, I'm I'm not, I'm not naive. Okay, don't worry. I'm gonna be right behind this microphone talking to you. So, uh, like I said, not a ton to talk about and. I, not a lot of sports, so this may be a shorter podcast, as the Bill Burr uh, says on his Thursday podcast. I'm just checking in on you, just seeing how everyone's doing, you know, uh, even though this is a Monday, and why wouldn't you check on me later? Well, uh, we have a guest next week, or this week, excuse me, next podcast, later on this week, tomorrow night. The podcast will be at, like, Thursday, all right, Jesus. Uh, Brian Kenny of MLB Network will join the podcast, noted sabermetrician. We'll have to ask him about... Uh, uh, Tanyan Sturtz, when uh, he was the guest on the podcast, said, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, shit, what did he say? Numbers, it's giving them a spot in the game. I, I can't stand it. it. drives me crazy. I don't even know. Half the stuff that Brian Kenny talks about, I have no idea what he's even saying. <laughs> and he, later on in the podcast, he says something which is, <laughs> I don't know where it is. You want to go back and listen to it again if you really want to. Uh but he says something like he's in that same whole rant about about sabermetrics and how he's not into it, and then he just goes, "Enough of the rap music," and I'm just like, "What? what the fuck does that mean?" Uh, Tanny was a great guest, but <laughs> I was very clueless when he said that. But yeah, Brian Kenny of MLB Network noted sabermetrician, uh, and in that podcast, I trash sabermetrics a little bit, and I'll tell you, I read his book that we'll be talking about in the podcast. Oh, I'm slowly converting. Sabermetric, you know, this, this, the, the church of sabermetrics. Slowly, slowly converting. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, see if he can sell me. You know, pass the, you know, the donation thing around. Get me in. Hook me in line and sinker. It's like the Christian church, right? Yeah? Christianity? Yeah? The first cult. Anyways, I'm going to hell. Uh, yeah, so, still here in Barcelona. Uh, seems to be some sort of shantytown building in front of the, the uh, building that we're living in. Some nice, nice boxes, I tell you. I mean, I'm not making fun of the homeless, but these guys, I mean, they got mattresses, they got radios. Uh, I mean, the, the, pretty pretty liberal here. When we put it this way, yeah, almost a little bar sitting there, smoking cigarettes up the ass. I mean, he, one guy's even laying there with his chick, and then he puts the 
puts the uh, <laughs> he has like a little town. Like you know when you get a, your parents would buy a refrigerator and you got the big box and you make a fort out of it. I mean that that's these are some heavy duty things. And then there's other guys here. That look, I feel like they're working for like a newspaper or something. They, they it must be some sort of sociological experiment. I may have talked about this. I forget. But like they're very clean cut and they're reading and they're drinking wine, like new books. And then they just go in like a mummy and just sort of lay down. And I, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, but when I was walking on the street, again, I told you not a ton of sports to talk about. <laughs> I, I was walking down the street today, uh, down near the university in the center of Barcelona, and I see this big... Uh, African-American black gentleman uh, approaching me and I shouldn't even say African-American, right? Does that work now? Because I'm not in the United States. So how do I know if he's African-American? You know what I mean? So a a darker gentleman uh, is approaching me and I look up and I could have sworn it was LeBron James. I mean, right down to the, you know, insanely look at me tight t-shirt. He was wearing the little, the, the man purse, had the gold around, hair fading, you know, uh, hair sort of, you know, holding on by a thread. Uh, and it looked, he probably wasn't tall enough. He was probably like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, but I, holy shit, I looked at him. You know how much, you know how many broads he made? Broads. It's not like Sam Smith and, uh, you know, Maltese Falcon or something. You know how many broads? You know how many, uh, <laughs> how many dames? Uh, you know what, how many chicks he must have hooked up with under the guise, under the ruse, that he is LeBron James? Honestly. Because he looked just like him. I, he almost got me. I was ready to go home with him. I mean, he he, he had me that well. Guy was good. Guy was good. So, uh, yeah. So, the major sports news that I can really take out of this uh, so far right now. MLB is still going on. Not not a ton going. Again, what what is going on in the MLB? We're approaching the trade deadline. I guess that's big. Uh, John Heyman told us that the uh, Yankees called the Marlins and kicked the tires on uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, he got into it with some other clown on Twitter uh, talking about, oh, no, I didn't know. Well, why don't you recheck your sources? <laughs> John Heyman uh, is a very uh, sanctimonious jackass. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he blocked me on Twitter, which he did block me on Twitter. And I'll tell you why. I, I, I may have told this before again, but, you know, I tend to repeat myself. It, it, it does happen. It's a, it's a family uh, tradition. Uh, he was definitely drunk one night, uh, talking about just anyone who was talking, very chatty, very, very, anyone who was talking to him in his mentions, as they say on Twitter, why are you up in my mentions, uh, replying to him, uh, saying, you know, anything. And he was replying back to them all sort of flirty and fucking whatever, you know, just sort of chatty. <laughs> and he said something about a party, me and some other people were, were talking to him and, <laughs> He said, that sounds fun. I want to party with you guys. Uh, I think he deleted the tweets. And for a good few months after that, maybe a year, every once in a while, I'd just say, John, when, when are we going to party? I want to party with you. Let's party. Let's party. Let, maybe 15, 20 times. And uh, eventually he blocked me. So uh, I, whatever John Heyman does, and he writes for FanRag now. Uh, he's worked for MLB, WFAN, CBS Sports. Guy's been around. Been around the block a few times. Uh Whatever he does, whatever story he breaks, that's wonderful. He'll, I'll always remember him as the one who, uh, you know, offered a party to me and then took it away. He took it away, that son of a bitch. Right from under my feet, that son of a bitch. And I'll never forgive him. 
So uh, let's let's move on to some other stuff going uh, going on in the world. Uh, you know, I'm looking to only open up the newspaper here. Uh, Kyrie Irving, actually NBA. Kyrie Irving, point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, has requested a trade. Yes, the team that has gone to the championship NBA Finals uh, three times in the last three years has requested a trade. He no longer wants to play Robin to LeBron's Batman. Everyone loves that. Uh, but you know what's crazy about... Uh, well, there's a few things that are odd about this case. People act as if, you know, no one had any idea. LeBron didn't know. The Cavaliers didn't know. You know, Kyrie was unhappy. Yeah, Kyrie Irving just woke up one day in his mansion, rolled out of bed, you know, changed his PJs into his basketball uniform, because I imagine he just wears a basketball... I imagine all basketball players just wear basketball, like, outfits. Maybe not the jerseys and everything, but, like, you know, practice gear all day, because it's comfortable. I do it. I don't even play basketball. But he rolled out of bed, had his chef cook him something. He was sipping on some mimosas, looked up and said, eh, I don't want to be with the Cavs anymore. I, I'm making that decision. I'm making that of sound mind. I no longer want to be with the Cavs. Everyone was stunned. They didn't have any idea. My ass they didn't know. Here's the thing, though. If I asked you how old Kyrie Irving is, what would you say? Answer me. Go ahead. I'm waiting. You can guess again. Go ahead. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is 25. Doesn't it feel like he's been in the league for like 10 years? It feels like he's been in the league for like 10 years. I mean, I know he only he was he came out as a freshman at Duke. He only played a few games. In a play, I think he ended up getting a did he get a championship? Uh maybe he didn't. NBA it's really not even that important, but uh well, he played now he he played he no. Who who cares? Um but he has a contract. Here's the thing. I don't understand. Now, a lot of people give him shit. They say, "Oh, what was he before LeBron James got there?" He's 25 now. Uh, what was he, like, 22? Are you upset he didn't win all those championships at 22 and had a shitty team after LeBron left it and left it in fucking just pieces? Oh, why didn't you win so many championships, Mr. Irving? Now, I understand there are parts of his game that are lacking. Uh, he is one of the most amazing dribblers, or as the kids say, he's got one of the most amazing handles I've ever seen. It's, it's, sometimes he just does it to embarrass people. And one of the great finishers, which you hear announcers say over and over again, he's a great finisher. He's a great, look at the way he finishes the basket, the body control, the, the ball control. Look at, look at what he does there. You, you, you just can't teach that. All right, that was cliche. But here's the thing. Why wouldn't you say, he, there must be some major issues between him and LeBron. That's the only reason I'm saying that is why wouldn't you just stay in Cleveland? You're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you stay a few more years and get, you know, what's LeBron got? Two, well, three, three, four, let's say three. Three more peak LeBron years. His contract, Kyrie Irving's contract, goes to... He has three more years on his contract. I think there may be an option maybe on the last one. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, But he is going to uh, be there for three more years. Why not just stay there for that, man? Why wouldn't you just stay and then say, all right, now I want to go out on my own. I want, do you think do you think these guys sit down and like think about legacy that much? Maybe they do. Maybe he looks and goes, you know, I may win one, maybe two, probably one at the most, honestly, because Golden State looks ridiculous. But one more championship, and then I'm going to have two. And then if I leave, then my legacy is always going to be, well, you did it with LeBron, and now I can't do it without him. I mean, does he look at it like that? Is he already leaving and saying, all right, I got one that's why they hire themselves, put a bunch of yes men around them to answer these questions. I don't know. I'm not sure. 
but it seems it seems strange. And then you hear the Knicks fans who are uh, over the moon when you hear reviews and reviews reports that uh, the 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 Cavaliers want to trade Irving because he's requested a trade to the Knicks for uh, Carmelo Anthony. I can tell you people that ain't going to be straight up. Uh, 25-year-old Kyrie Irving for 32, 33-year-old Carmelo Anthony falling apart. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm dying to make that trade. The Knicks are going to have to give up a little more than that. Porzingis and Omelo, I think, would be too much. But uh, I don't think the Knicks really have any issue with them uh, parting with anyone else. So we'll have to see what that, how that goes uh, going forward. You see Derek Rose uh, very close to signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, why? You can assume we men, Derek Rose, on why he and his friends went back to an unconscious woman's house and had, quote-unquote, consensual sex with her. You can assume we men... Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, da, 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 da. So the other thing I want to talk about, let's see. All right, now it's moving. Okay. I paused it for a second, then it wasn't moving. Who knows? Uh, so this weekend, my wife and I went to Tarragonia, which is a, it's a, a little town, beach town, city, beach city, south of Barcelona. Beautiful, ancient stuff, ancient, ancient stuff. I mean, I'm very profound with the way I describe some of this archaeological just magic. Uh, some, some, some old shit, you know? Uh, but it's pretty cool. They had this, like, uh, amphitheater. Roman amphitheater. They were just, they were like the Yankees. They just came over and took everything. Terrible analogy. But they had the amphitheater right on the water. I mean, I was talking to my wife. They had no idea how good they had it. They didn't know that, like, there were people, like, eating their feet in, like, you know, British Columbia. I mean, they, they were just like, yeah, yeah, that's the way life is. You know, just on the Mediterranean, you know, taking in the fucking theater, going to, I don't know, ravage and pillage and plunder afterwards, you know. That was the good life. It really was. And on the train back, we saw a little bit more of the good life. And the train itself, about an hour, goes right along the water. And you see the beaches and you see all these boats out there. And you can see all these beach parties. Not beach parties, excuse me, boat parties. You see these huge boats and just all, you could just imagine the amount of douche on all these boats. And you know what it immediately reminded me of? It reminded me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Rumham. Oh, yes, Rumham. That's right. Uh, when all the Guidos, all the, uh, the 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 Jersey Shore guys on the on the boat while they're injecting Mac with steroids, and everyone's just partying away to techno music, and boom, boom, boom. It just it, it's just a great time. And I figured, you know what? I thought about it. I never had an actual boat party. Never. I grew up in a small town where our parties consisted of driving around and drinking, which is I mean it this. Is there a more sound plan than that? Someone drives, they drink, and we just drive around and drink. I mean, first of all, it's, you know, I mean, it's not illegal or anything, right? Nothing like that. Uh, it's <laughs> it's not unsafe. I mean, I encourage everyone to do it, right? So we would do that, or we would find places. And I lived in a rural area growing up in high school. We'd find places in the woods to have parties. Woods. And I mean, we 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 got it. We got a, some decent parties. There fires going in the woods, like behind old complexes they were putting together. Uh, you know, just houses barely built, partying in those houses. There's somebody right now, a fucking perfect little family with mom, dad, the dog, goddamn honor student kids. And they're sitting there watching kind of whatever shitty show, the Cosby Show equivalent of 2017, and they're all just like, you know what? Good job, uh, Tad and Margaret. 
great jobs, great marks. And we got shit-faced in there, smoking weed and drinking beer all in there. And back then, we, like, we didn't even have, like, the choice of beer. Like, the only beer, like, first of all, the person that bought you beer was, like, that guy that graduated, like, three or four years ago. Or, like, the brother of some scumbag that you knew. And they were like, all right, so what do you want? You give them the beer. So what, what, what do you want? You want beer? You want liquor? Uh, beer. Well, kind. And what the hell do you know? Only beer you know is the, the the at least in Connecticut the only the only beer I knew was the you know the ones I'd see at people's houses my parents had or my friends' parents had so ultimately we we'd see we'd go with like the cool bottles nothing to do with what it tasted like the cool bottles that's why we always had Rolling Rock and Corona cool bottles green bottles can you name another green bottle you probably can like O'Doul's or St Pauli Girl I guess does too but we didn't know what the fuck St Pauli Girl was that could have been some girl just moved in from town the other day. And Corona, obviously, because it's clear. I mean, it's so cool. Uh, I hate Corona so much now. And I don't like the taste, but the, the, the commercials are just vomitous. Vomitous? They are, they are so awful. Yeah, I'm the everyman. I'm, uh, I'm CEO of whatever business. Or, you know, I'm so great. And now I'm at the beach and trying to get away from it all. And I'll throw my cell phone in the water and just drink a Corona. Because I'm a flaming asshole. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Or now that they've gone the different direction of, uh, they get all like the, you know, upper 20s, late 30s people. They all go to a beach, secluded, tropical beach, and they all drink Corona, obviously. It's a commercial. And they all just dance around and play like old reggae tunes from like the 60s and 70s. They just dance. There's not even like, there's not even any semblance to it. They're just like, yeah, moving their arms around and shit. That, that's all they do. So I hate Corona for that many reasons. But and I remember buying weed too. It was like, you didn't have... Later on in life, you meet the guys with several different kinds of weed. But, you know, but this guy, you would just say, I don't know, you know, meet me wherever, Burger King parking lot, or the commuter parking lot. All right, so here's the stuff. I mean, you had no choice. Again, it was probably the brother of that kid who would, like, show up at school every week or so, once a week, or he'd be gone for a year or so. He'd come back wearing the same ratty sweatshirt over and over again. Yeah, what, what, what does he do? Is he? And then he graduates with you. Am I thinking of a specific person? Possibly. But, you know, it's like someone related to him who just sort of, yeah, here's this. And you never knew if it was good. You never knew if it was bad. It was just such fucking luck of the draw. Where did all that come from? Where, where did that come from? So speaking of the beach, we'll, we'll stay with that in that area, the beach. Uh, Michael Phelps raced a shark, or so we thought he would. This was build up in the shark week, which has taken on another just form of idiocy. I love sharks. I am, well, as you've heard on this podcast, I'm petrified of sharks, but I'm so fascinated by them. I will sit and watch YouTube videos of shark attacks, people, amateur video of people on boats with sharks coming, stuff like that. I, YouTube, that is a rabbit hole. I fall into sharks or bears, mountain lions, anything where I think can attack me. Uh, I like to watch it just so it can scare me more. Yeah, that that's really the angle I like to go down because I'm I'm insane. That's I'm neurotic. But Michael Phelps, uh, remember when Michael Phelps like was caught with a bong and that was like crime of the century, like it was Michael Jackson molesting kids. Like that was a huge, remember how pissed off people, you would have thought Jeff Sessions was running the media by then. Oh, oh, look, look, can you believe it? He's an Olympic champion. Look, he's let all his fans down and everyone down. Oh my God. What a monster. What a monster. But uh, Michael Phelps. Sorry, I had, to, I had to pause it there for a second. I had to go get some yogurt. I was hungry. Yes, yogurt. So Michael Phelps, we were told that he would race a shark. 
I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. I was in the car. We were told he was going to race a shark, which was a lie. They just, I guess, maybe I should have done some research on this. Maybe. I was told that they just basically superimposed him as a shark, you know, went the same distance he did. You know, they took his race of racing and then they saw a shark. He chased a seal or, I don't know, a seal... Did they actually have a real seal? Because what if he bit him? Everyone would cry, you know, because God forbid, you know, the fucking survival of the fittest actually exists. No! No! We like seals! That's right. Until you're fucking, they take over your home, huh? You want to live in a sea world? Seal? <laughs> what am I even talking about? But how shitty is that? They, they, they bill up this, this, they build up this bill of Michael Phelps racing a shark, and they just lie to you. I mean, that what kind of crap is that? That's a lot of times those one-time things, they really just fuck you over, because they're like, you know what, we'll screw everyone. What are they going to do, write a bunch of angry letters to the CEO that no one gives a shit about? Cool. You watched. Doesn't matter. Our, our advertisers are happy. Hey, whatever. Uh, so I don't really have a ton to say about that. I don't know what you want me to say. I think it's a travesty that they conned the American public into thinking that. I mean, I knew... I Everyone thought, like, how is this going to work? How, how is he going to race a shark? Are they going to put him right next to each other? Are they going to have him in a... You know, is there going to be a divider? He wasn't even there. Like, what What a ruse. Yes, I'm, I've been watching Clerks or something. It's the second time I've used ruse in this in this podcast. Uh, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about here? Um, Donald Trump obviously takes Donald Trump, and I, it's amazing. Uh, I haven't heard much about Donald Trump. You know why? Because I don't not in the United States of America right now. It's actually good. It it is good. Uh, I don't have to hear. You go on Twitter, you can hear the takes from everybody. Though he's Hitler, and then the other side of the uh, aisle, you have basically he is he is one of the best. But he has the best ideas. Best ideas you've seen. He is finally, you know, making America great again. And then the other side, he's basically Hitler. He's a treasonous, uh, monster, Hitler-like goblin figure. Uh, I don't think either side is right. Um, but uh, you've listened to this podcast. You know where I side. I'm more the side of, you know, Trump's an idiot. Uh, and, and everyone who, who thinks he's some sort of just genius is, I think you're wrong. I, I think, I don't think there's a lot of substance there. And I don't know if the people surrounding him are the best. But anyways, uh, the reason I get into this is that because, obviously, we had an idea. You hear about The Rock is possibly running for president in 2020, which, again, that those are just sort of pipe dreams at this point right now. Excuse me, that was gross. But um, you, you, you see that the door has been left ajar for celebrities to get involved in the process. And that door has been sort of kicked open at this point. For well, not kicked open. It's still not official, but I guess it's sort of you know becoming closer to a reality of Kid Rock running for Senate in Michigan. Now, Kid Rock sucks. Let's let's be honest. Uh, if you own, I, I'm going to give you a pass if you own one album. We're all dumb at one point. I bought a lot of terrible albums in my life, so uh, I'm going to pass there. If you own more than one Kid Rock album, you are uh, you're an asshole. That's basically it. I, I'd like to put it on a t-shirt. If you own more than one Kid Rock album, you are an asshole. And I will make ones that say, if you own any Kid Rock albums, you are an asshole. But again, I'm, I'm being nice right now. You know, As time goes on, I could just flip-flop like Donald Trump. I never said that. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter, even if there is audio. But he sucks. 
uh, I've, I'm not going to lie. I've been at places where his song comes on. You beep, you know, you bop your head a little bit. So, okay, good beat. But never in my life would I ever purchase any of his music. He is just white trash garbage. Talk about the guy who, you know, who just showed up at school every once in a while and his brother sold you weed. Like, he's the brother. Kid Rock is the dirty brother. Yeah, that's him. But he is, I guess, uh, he's somewhat into politics. He I guess he's sort of friends with Mitt Romney. He is quite popular in the state of uh, Detroit and on the rep- state of Detroit. Really, Brian, where is that? Can I see a map? Can you show me exactly where the state of Detroit is? Man, just put your finger anywhere there, Rand McNally. So he is going to run for Senate of Michigan, and he's popular in the city of Detroit. Uh, and in the Republican side of it, I guess there's a lot of just new people running. So it's possible if he decided to run. He could really, really do something, but I guess he still has an uphill battle against, uh, if it goes into a general election against the Democratic, uh, uh, I think it's the incumbent right now, I don't know her name, nor do I care, who gives a shit? But I did want to read some of the, uh, can rock on the issues. I mean, if we're going to be positive, if we're going to be, not even positive, but just open-minded, we could be open-minded about Senator Rock. Uh, what's his name again? It's like Richie Rich or something. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. You could eat. Robert Ritchie. What a terrible name. Robert Ritchie. It doesn't get more white trash than that. Actually, it probably could, but Robert Ritchie. It's so shitty. Uh, <laughs> but again, you want to, if you're going to vote for someone, you have to know where they stand on the issues. So let's go over some quotes from, uh, you know, throughout the years of Kid Rock. So on congressional gridlock, somebody's just got to smack the fuck out of Congress and get them to start working together. And put this bullshit aside and get this country back on track. You know what? I'm pro Kid Rock right there. You know, I, I like where he's going with that. You know, maybe not the best uh, type of language as a uh, you know political figure. But Donald Trump's president now, anything can fucking happen. So I'm with him there. So let's, let's move on, though. On drug policy, I don't smoke much weed. Makes me dumb. But they should legalize it and tax everything. Pot, cocaine, heroin. And I'm with you on the pot. Uh, the cocaine, heroin could be more of a safety issue public safety but i like where his mind's at he's 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 talking about generating money for everywhere for the state of michigan i like it on the american dream sometimes i shake a finger at those baby boomers you know i wonder if they did some damage there uh you're gonna have to expound a little bit there uh mr uh, senator or richie or rock or whatever uh you, you're gonna have to expand a little bit there because uh you could shake your finger i mean they're, they're an easy target i mean the baby boomers basically put social security out of business we get that but uh i wonder if they did some damage there uh, i mean they were born i don't know if it was really their fault so yeah again we're gonna have to we're gonna, we'll, we'll come back to that one we'll come back your time's up right now but we'll come back to that one uh, on same-sex marriage i don't give a fuck if gay people get married i don't love anybody who acts like a fucking faggot that one might be an issue. Uh, I could see that one, eh, and that was the New Yorker. Okay, so there's no audio of that, but eh, that's, uh, you know, it's first if I don't give a fuck if gay people get married. Okay, that's being open-minded. You're going to like that. You're going to appeal to the voters, a lot of voters that way. Well, you know, not everybody, but you're, you're open-minded there. But then, you know, call a derogatory term afterwards, kind of kind of wish-washy there. But we move on. On his political ideology. I don't like the hardcore views on either side. I'd probably be more a libertarian, but I'm a firm believer you have to pick a side. I can't be playing the middle. Yeah, that That's another one. That's, that's another one that really doesn't make a ton of sense. So, I don't know. They, on Mitt Romney, he's the most decent motherfucker I've ever met in my life. Okay, well, I, I don't know the man. 
He could be a decent motherfucker. He may not be. But uh, I don't know. He always looked like he was going to cry to me. Him and Nicolas Cage. Always looked like they're going to cry. Decent motherfucker? Maybe. I, I, I'm going to have to check the sources on that one. Snopes? Snopes? I'm Barack Obama. I didn't agree with Obama's policy, but there was an exciting sense of change in the air. That promise hasn't been fulfilled. The country is more divided than ever. I'd say the country's more divided than ever. Do you want to say Barack Obama, it's all his fault? I don't think I can say that. He did make some divisive comments throughout his, uh, his presidency. But at the same time, I don't think a black president just walks in and, you know, also saves racial, you know, puts, puts together racial harmony. But, uh, okay, at least he's, he's taking a stance. It's not crazy, but okay. On Donald Trump, has that, mu- has that much fucking change when anyone's in office, whether it's been a Republican or a Democrat in office? In our lifetime, anyway, I haven't really seen this, like, big fucking change. Let the motherfucking business guy run it like a fucking business, and the campaign has been entertaining as shit. Well, you know, you don't really vote on people and entertaining the campaign because campaigns end. But in a sense, you know, maybe I'll regret this when Donald Trump's out of office. But in a way, I agree with him. Does your life really change that much? I mean, a lot of the issues, I hate to say it, they don't pertain to me. You know, abortion doesn't attain to me. You know, same-sex marriage doesn't pertain to me. Obamacare doesn't pertain to me. Does that mean I shouldn't care about them? Well, that's all in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I do follow the news. I feel for people. I understand. But it doesn't pertain to me. Hey, Brian, does it pertain to you? Moving on. On Iraq, Saddam Hussein was a bad, bad man, and he had to be taken out. Now, I believe we probably could have taken him out a little bit better, you know, devastating the country and going into what we did. But what do I know? I sing rock and roll songs. Well, going well until the end where, yeah, what do you know? Maybe maybe you shouldn't be in office. But we think about the image of Kid Rock. Think about, just think about him right now. His disgusting rat-like nose, that scummy, like a teenager, not fully grown-in mustache, Long hair, some ridiculous hat, uh, just just outrageous, obnoxious clothes. Now, think of Terry Crews in Idiocracy. He was the president. Take away that rat-like nose, take away the scummy mustache, take, then go into the long hair, the ridiculous, obnoxious clothing, and he was shooting a gun in Idiocracy. I mean, we're not too far away. We're getting closer, and I know that's such a trendy, cliche, fucking Twitter-like thing to say. Idiocracy is here. It's here. Okay, this is basically like. Do you notice this is like kind of like idiocracy? Thirty-seven point five retweets. Thirty-seven point five k retweets would have been a lot funnier. But we're getting closer. We are getting, getting closer. Uh, I guess I'll give you an. I will give you a quick, quick uh, recommendation on what to watch. Just finished watching Ozark. On Netflix. See, I said it was going to be a short podcast. I'm still talking. It's 30 minutes in. Whatever. Ozark. Uh, Jason Bateman's in it. And I, I, I don't dislike Jason Bateman, but he is the predictable, like, nervous character in a... Uh, he's the nervous, I'm going to do this, but I should know better character in comedy. He's like the same guy in every... And he's the same way here. Although he's just... He's more desperate, I guess. It's It's kind of like... It's basically this guy is doing some bad stuff, working for a cartel, Jason Bateman. You know, he's the numbers guy. And he has to move to the Ozarks to, uh, you know, make this guy more money for him. And, you know, he encounters a lot of shit there, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to give too much away if you want to watch it. It's 10 episodes, very good. It's like Breaking Bad, but like a poor man's version. It's uh, it's it's Breaking Bad Jr., honestly, is what it is. But definitely, definitely a good watch. And today's July 24th. And I was going to talk about it after the Brian Kenny podcast, but I figure I'll just do it in this podcast too. To have the nice Brian Kenny podcast, 
you know, in a, in a clean, clean little uh, package here. And I'll tell you about this. It is uh, a sad anniversary. Uh, it was five years ago on July 27th. My good friend, Steve Heck, uh, passed away at the age of 31. And if you listen to this podcast before, you've heard me talk about him. Uh, he was my best friend. And I had been friends with him since, shit, fourth grade. Fourth grade, we are in saxophone class. And we sort of met making fun of the kid next to us who couldn't play saxophone. And we just were laughing at him. And we had to be talked to by the teacher. And we continued doing it. So, But that's where we met. Uh, that's where we met at Israel Putnam Elementary School in Meriden, Connecticut. And yeah, uh, I was friends with them ever since. You know, there were ups and downs in friendships and, you know, we've roomed together in college and then we roomed together as adults and 31 years, it's like, man, five, 31 years old, five years ago, it will be that he passed away. And it is, it's very hard and I'm not going to get all emotional here for you and say, you know, just say you don't understand it's tough, though, um, when you have somebody, especially I moved. I moved when, when I was 12 years old. Uh, so, like, my grammar school, it's it's hard. to. I, who am I going to talk to it about? I mean, he was the one person I kept in touch with. And, yeah, Facebook exists. I could fucking go talk to somebody. I, I don't mean to be woe is me. I can't talk about grammar school with anyone. You know, I mean, imagine before the Internet, Brian, people moved, and then they just you know, left. And then maybe 30 years later, they'd walk into a bar and they'd recognize some jackass from elementary school. And they'd talk, Hey, do you hear about Miss fucking crotch rocket? She died. Yeah. She was a drunk too. All right. Good talking to you. See you another 30 years. But it's weird when you share like memories with people. We used to do these videos. Jesus Christ. We used to do these videos, like making fun of our own friends. Like we had a friend whose father was a Cub Scout leader. And, you know, they were kind of the all-American nerd family. And we made these videos, like, about how their life was daily. It was absolutely ridiculous how they would just constantly, like, cite from the Cub Scout handbook, things like that. I mean, it, you know, our own version of Guts, Global Guts, and uh, all these movies. And then we had another friend who's, whose father claimed he was a boxer. He won the Golden Gloves. or So we made a movie about him growing up in the Bronx. Like, it, it, God, it was so insane. Um, but it's weird, you know, when you have those, those memories of people and memories of things. And they just, they go away. Like, there are things that happen to me. And, like, all the memories, all the funny jokes. Like, not all of them, but, you know, so many in my life that, when, when something happens and I want to say it to somebody, like there's nobody on this planet I can say that joke to that I laughed at forever. I can't say it to anyone ever again. It's, it's, it's weird. It's very weird, you know, and I miss him like hell I do. He, he, was, a, he was an interesting guy, man. Uh, always the life of the party. Always the life of the party. Compared, he was Chris Farley and I was David Spade and Tommy Boy. Yeah, uh, that that was that was uh, especially at his fattest, and he got fat, and then he got skinny. But uh, he was just, you know, it was weird. He was a guy. I don't mean to ram- I'll wrap this up in a second. I don't know if anyone's actually enjoying this. You've already checked out. I mean, he was. Remember playing pencil break in like grammar school and middle school. Like there are these Puerto Rican kids in our in in middle school that they'd like go to Puerto Rico, and I don't. I'm not saying you have to go to Puerto Rico to get you can go and get it anywhere. Like these novelty pencils. Like, enormous, like, ridiculously, like, laughable pencils. And they're like, all right, you guys want to play pencil break? I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, we do it for a dollar. Okay. And then they take out this enormous pencil. 
And he'd be like, what the fuck is that? And they'd be like, ah, yeah, I got it from Puerto Rico. You know how much better Puerto Rico is than the United States? Fuck you. Let's play. And he's like, I'm not playing with that. And if Puerto Rico is so fucking great, why don't you go back there? Now, imagine if that was said in 2017 instead of 1987 you know, or 88. That would be on Huffington Post, Meriden Elementary School, white student tells Puerto Rican student to go back to Puerto Rico. But you know what happened? They laughed. He laughed. And when he died, those kids were at his wake. Because that was him. He could say those things. And they were there. <laughs> they were there, man. I still remember. And I thought about that. It was just, I don't know. It's weird, man. It's, and I, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, uh, the great Simon Yonkers was was talking about something the other day, um, as he always is, uh, at S M A R Q S. Great follow, one of the best follows on Twitter, uh, right behind John Heyman. But Smarks, he he was talking about, uh, I don't know, just valuing baseball, baseball statistics, and something. You know, when you're 13, everything seems to matter more. And I was like, dude, you sound like fucking Richard Dreyfus in, uh, you know, the end of Stand By Me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I didn't mean to get that heavy, but it's true. Like, the life, the shit that mattered when you were 13, no responsibilities, 12, 13, no responsibilities, just whatever was in front of you was the biggest thing in the world. The things you cared about were the things you cared about. That's it. It's all that mattered. And then, you know, you get into high school and then you get drinking and drugs and girls and all that. And listen, all those are great, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of highs and plenty of lows and people's lives have been ruined with that shit. When you were 12 or 13, none of that shit was there. Unless you were like, you know, headed toward a long, uh, long life of alcoholism, drug addiction. And if you're getting girls pregnant at 12 or 13, then, you know, I wish you had better parents, put it that way. Uh, but it's, you know, that that age, the only thing that mattered, and I'll always remember that there was just fun, you know, doing that stuff. Doing whatever, playing fucking baseball, playing playing flashlight tag in the goddamn cemetery, and making videos of our own friends, completely trashing them. You know, this is the same guy who we saw a guy wearing, uh, you know, looking at a penthouse at uh, Walden Books at the mall, and then we followed him around at 10 years old, all around the mall, screaming penthouse at him. Yeah, we were quite the duo. What the fucking deal? So five years to Steve Heck. Miss you, buddy. Uh, boy, somber way to end the podcast, huh? Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, though. People say, why'd you leave your job, Brian? You know, you, you left your job. Job I've been working at 10 years. A steady job. I never told you what I did. I'm not going to now, but in Connecticut. But him dying, you know, changed me. Uh, and yes, I had an opportunity. My wife had an opportunity in California, and it made it easier to just sort of try something new with my life. But... That changed me because, you know, you realize that it's something like that when someone passes away, when you say life is not forever and it is very short and is very precious. And if you have the opportunity, if you're doing something you hate, stop doing it and try something new. Well, Brian, what are you doing? Right now I'm doing a podcast and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But for, for, for in the meantime, I'm just hanging out in Barcelona and eventually I'll be in Puerto Rico for three weeks too. So I got a lot of time to, I uh, just thought, eh, think about it, you know? So, um, that's the podcast. And, um, 
that's 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 all my life advice for one podcast. So if you need more, I mean, maybe maybe that should be my new podcast. Just life advice. That would be a rambling fucking mess. Um, what I'm gonna the the song here. I'll leave it. And we used to do videos, Steve and I, of just you know, I'm sure a lot of people did this. You know, thinking we were in rap videos. We'd, we'd play the music, and we thought we were part of 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 the of the of the song itself. You know, like we were acting it out. Jesus Christ, Brian, you pretended you were doing the video. Let's not try to make it out to be you know fucking Shakespeare. Yes, so that's what we were doing. So I'll let that song play out. But remember, if you want to uh, listen to this podcast, you want to give it a review, and uh, you want to do all that, it's on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. And remember to follow me on those uh, Twitter account handles, uh, at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. With all that being said, I'm out here. Let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always stressing I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose It's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the covers when I awake, I don't see the motherfucker. He owns a black hat like I own. A black suit and a cane like my own. Some might say, take a chill, B. But fuck that shit. There's a nigga trying to kill me. I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows. Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window. Investigating a joint for traps. Taking my telephone for text. I'm staring at the woman on the corner. It's fucked up when your mind is playing tricks on you. I'm the one that's doing dope Can't keep a steady hand because I'm nervous Every Sunday morning I'm in service Praying for forgiveness And trying to find an exit out the business I know the Lord is looking at me But yet and still it's hard for me to feel happy I often drift when I drive Having fatal thoughts of suicide Bang and get it over with And then I worry free But that's bullshit I got a little boy to look after and if I die, then my child will be a bastard I had a woman down with me But to me it seemed like she was down to get me She helped me out in this shit But to me she was just another bitch 
Now she's back with her mother Now I'm realizing that I love her Now I'm feeling lonely My mind is playing tricks on me This year Halloween fell on a weekend Me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating Robbing little kids for bags Till an old man got behind our ass So we speeded up the pace Took a look back and he was right before our face He'd be in for a squabble no doubt So I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth He was going down we figured But this wasn't no ordinary nigga He stood about six or seven feet Now that's the nigga I be seeing in my sleep So we triple teamed on him Dropping them motherfucking bees on him The more I swung, the more blood flew Then he disappeared, and my boys disappeared too Then I felt just like a fiend It wasn't even close to Halloween It was dark as fuck on the streets My hands were all bloody from punching on the concrete God damn, homie My mind is playing tricks on me